Hello everyone, welcome to episode 617 of Cold Wave Soundcheck. I'm Aaron Pollock. We are now three weeks away from the Cold Wave 6 Festival in Chicago. Things kick off Thursday, September 28th at the Empty Bottle with MC 900 Foot Jesus and Ghost. Friday, September 29th through Sunday, October 1st at Metro, your featured acts include Stabbing Westward, Cold Cave, Front 242, Severed Heads, KMFDM, Ogre, and more. Late night smart bar shows Friday and Saturday will feature the Gothicals, Curse Mackey, Bombardier, and End User. For ticket links and the full lineup, head to coldwaves.net. This week we're chatting with Friday smart bar performer Curse Mackey. Later this episode, we'll debut a live track from his one man show, but first up, this is Evil Mothers.
Yeah, well, I started just working on music in San Antonio, Texas, and kind of when the whole like wax tracks vibes were first launching, and I was DJing in clubs in San Antonio and Austin, and uh, started picking up. Well, obviously, I was you know, into ministry and Skinny Puppy, and then wax tracks started existing and I quickly made connections with the label and so they were sending me music and the Thrill Kill Cult single had just come out and then me and some buddies like kind of just pooled our money that we had from whatever you know hustling we had going on back then and we put on concerts by like I brought Ministry to San Antonio for the first time uh, as well as like Skinny Puppy was probably the first concert that I had ever produced so I just started getting calls. So Wax Tracks was like, hey, this band Thrill Kill Cult's coming on tour. So I put them on. I think it was like their second show ever. Quickly from there, then, you know, like KMFDM came through with Ministry. So I got to know Sasha. And then when he was coming back through, he called me. And so I put on a series of KMFDM shows. And so that was sort of like how I got to know most of the key players in the scene. And then from DJing, um, started getting just buying synthesizers and banging on metal and making just obnoxious white noise style industrial music and had a couple of bands um, where I opened for Frontline Assembly and the guys from the, was a band called Mentallo and the Fixer uh, that kind of had a buzz for a while. Uh, those guys, the Dassing Brothers, we had a project together and played some shows, but as those dissipated, I put together Evil Mothers, and that project in particular took off pretty well. I was able to get on some opening. I think we opened for everybody, like Thrill Kill Cult, opened for KMFDM, and did some dates with those guys. And then when Pig Face came after the ministry, Mind is the Terrible Thing to Taste tour, uh, Martin Adkins, we got to know each other on that tour. Martin called me. And was like, hey, I've got this thing, Pig Face. Will you help me put on some shows in Texas? And I did that and obviously leveraged, leveraged my place as a promoter to get Evil Mothers on some dates, which worked out great because then we were invited to finish off these tours and come out on other tours with Pig Face, which then led me into performing as a member of Pig Face, you know, first coming up, singing a couple of songs and then. Uh, eventually, Martin just asked me to come on full time for a tour, a Redneck White Trash Blue Movie, or something like that. I think was the title of the tour. Eventually, went on to help book some Pig Face tours and tour manage Pig Face tours while playing and singing in the band. And then, same thing happened with Thrill Kill Cult after working with those guys, helping them promote and put on events. Um, I got invited to become a band member and same kind of thing. I don't know. I guess it's just, I have a knack for like the business side of things and production and promotion as well as performing. So with Thrill Kill, like for six years, I would act as tour manager as well as performing on stage. Eventually that all kind of came to a head because we had a tour where Pig Face and Thrill Kill Cult were touring together. So I was kind of forced to make a decision or Thrill Kill was had to make a decision on what they wanted to do best. So I just ended up continuing on with Pigface, and that sort of ended my tenure 
with Thrill Kill Cult, even though I've still contributed to some later recordings. And those guys are super tight friends of mine. Groovy man's definitely one of my best buddies in the world. So um, eventually Evil Mothers dissipated, and Pig Face continued on. And then after that sort of like late 2008, 9, 10, where we were going to go out on tour, Martin Adkins was got was in a car accident and that killed a tour that we were going to do because Martin was like, wasn't even sure if he could like walk for a while, much less play the drums like he does. So that kind of left me in limbo for a few years. I did do a grim fairies project as well in the two thousands, um, which I mainly started out as a project for me to work on video game soundtracks, but eventually I liked the material enough to put together a band did some tour dates with that. But anyway, getting back up into the pig face thing after we kind of realized we weren't going to do anything for a while, it took me a little bit to figure out what I wanted to do next. So we ended up uh, sort of reuniting evil mothers for some cold wave related dates over the last year. I've started, and I don't know why it took so long to actually put this together, but I started doing a one-man show, basically just as Curse Mackey, with me in a rack of modular synths and electribes and other cool gadgets, and have been doing a set where part of it is like spontaneous composition, where I kind of have a, a sound palette and I have an idea of where I want to take it. So it's a bit of a spontaneous, like coil meets Lustmore meets throbbing gristle style, very doom-oriented, ambient, heavy-duty, doom-sense stuff going on with almost like a stream-of-conscious vocal process. And then later in my set, then I start getting into, like I do a variation of Suck, and I do Spider Sex and Car Wrecks, which is probably the most popular Evil Mother's song, as well as Sick Culture, and a couple of other new pieces interspersed in there. So it's almost like a seamless symphonic experience in a way it's like 40 to 45 minutes of just seamless music uh performance and so i've been doing that for the last year and it's been great like i get really good response and um it's been very fun so that's what i was rehearsing just before you called because i have a show tomorrow night another big show that you were a part of was the uh the pig face 25th anniversary show and that looked like that, that there was a lot of work that went into it and it went off really well. So tell me about the preparation for that and, and the festivities and, and the reaction to it. Yeah, yeah. The Pig Face 25 show was hands down the most enjoyable, fun, transcendent performance experience I've ever had. I, I just could just step back and watch. And it, it was just incredible. Like It was one of those shows where you could really feel the like love magic and energy in the room and like this is historic and something cool is really taking place right now and i've heard that from more people that attended that show both on stage and off and even in production roles that that they all have similar experiences so it was, it was a blast man the crowd was way into it um i think that we as a band that had not performed in a while and like i said yeah we me and martin had tried to get a few things going previously so we had a number of setbacks over time just with his injury and other things that just eventually occur in life 
it's cool that it came off in the way that it did and, and that we were able to assemble a pretty magical lineup of, of band members like Mary Biker. You know, he lives in Brazil now. He, so he came in from Brazil. Leslie Rankin came from Scotland. Inesh and Greta Brinkman coming in from Berlin. So it's really like a very, very cool international version of Pigface at this point. And yeah, it was smashing. It seemed very grassroots. At some point, Martin was posting on Facebook for volunteers to help work on the backdrop at one point. It just, everyone seemed to be having so much fun getting that together. It was. So I think that I'm very glad that he did it and was willing to take the leap of faith with everybody else to like, we can make this thing happen. Just, we just have to like say, we're going to do it. And this is the date that it's happening. And fortunately, I think Black Friday with Pigface was, and having Thanksgiving, having Thanksgiving dinner as well with like the VIP dress rehearsal thing. We did it. Reggie's was super cool too. So it allowed everybody to, to become one organization, meaning fans and the band. Like when you're having Thanksgiving dinner together, you know, at that point, your family, and that was something that rarely occurs, I think, at that level in, in rock and roll.
besides the music that you're working on, you also have other art projects and exhibits that you've been involved with. Tell me about those. Yeah, I love curating art exhibits and, and making art. It's, it's another big thing for me. And, and it's just an extension of my event production interest. Uh, so back in like the 2000s, I started producing a large-scale event called the Woodstock Tattoo and Body Arts Festival in Woodstock, New York. And uh, so I did like an H.R. Giger. Most people call it call him Geiger, but it's H. Giger. So I did a Giger exhibit because I had known him already and was like, hey, I'm going to do this thing in Woodstock and I'd like to do an H.R. Giger exhibit about the it's Giger's influence on tattoo art. And uh, he's like, yeah, as long as I can show brand new unseen sculptures. I'm like, all right, kick ass. So, so essentially my first art curation was an H.R. Giger exhibit. So that was great. And from there, I have curated several other exhibits uh, and started being able to move them around the world, almost, you know, at working with a couple of museums. Um, we took a, we, me and a buddy of mine, Eric Foss, that has uh, had a great venue in New York called Lit. He and I curated a big exhibit called Draw. We had about 500 drawings from everybody from Gibby Haynes of the Butthole Surfers, Hank Three. Uh, Karen O from the Yeah Yeah Yeahs, as well as a bunch of tattoo and graffiti artists. So we took that to a museum in Mexico City. We had a book published on it, and I've had a, I've had a couple of books published on my art-related projects. I did an art exhibit called Six String Masterpieces, where Dean Guitars donated about eighty blank guitars, the Dean ML shape, and I uh, curated a tribute to an uh, old friend named Dimebag Daryl from the band Pantera, who was shot and killed on stage in 2004 in a really fucked up incident that also cost the life of a couple of uh, uh, audience members as well as his bodyguard and and a venue security staff uh, all died that night in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, So for Daryl, I got a bunch of rock stars and tattoo artists to do original paintings on the iconic body shape of guitar, the Dean ML that Daryl was known for playing the guitar he made famous really. So I had people such as Marilyn Manson, Rob Zombie, Dave Grohl, uh, James Hetfield from Metallica, Moby, Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top painted one, even Kelly Clarkson painted one. I even have one uh, from Ozzy Osbourne. So I I toured those guitars all over the U.S. for like a year and a half. Uh, And and then we had an auction where we auctioned off all of the guitars and raised about a cup, like $220,000 for an organization that I still work with called Little Kids Rock. And they teach, basically provide guitar curriculum like to at-risk children or underserved school districts and schools to where these kids have like an opportunity to learn music in a real band-like setting and so we were able to establish a chapter in tampa florida where dean guitars is based and where i used to live and we also established a chapter in dallas which is where dimebag daryl was from and even in my current performances I one of the things I do is that I've been basically doing these performance paintings within as part of my stage setup. So you'll see it in Chicago. By the end of my performance, I'll have four or five paintings that are created as part of my body movements within 
playing my music and singing along with that sometimes people don't even notice that there's these paintings going on within my rig or underneath my feet and so on so where music and art collide is where i like to exist do you plan on recording anything and putting putting an album or an ep out with this material or you just like to uh just have it be spontaneous no i definitely want to publish this I, I call them my exorcisms and so i would like to definitely publish one or two i could see it being because it does mostly occur in a live setting that it could become a live recording or break it up into a few different pieces um and and released as individual songs so yeah that that's definitely floating around in my mind and i've recorded about maybe six of the performances so far. So th- there's similarities, but there's something different in every one, which I think is just inherent. When you have a show and you play it 10 times, there's going to be different elements that occur each time. But there, there's there's really cool material in there, and I really like how some of the recordings are sounding. So I think after I, probably after the next Cold Waves, because that would then be a year of me doing these performances, I'll go through and take the parts that I like the best and see if maybe there's a willing partner out there that would like to help me put it out. So the answer, that long answer to that question was yes, I will, I will put this out. Did I miss anything that you wanted to go over or mention, promote, plug? All I want to say is that to the rest of the Cold Waves community, um, that if anybody is looking to do things in Texas, especially in Austin, um, that... I'm happy to help make that happen. You know, we brought, we have Kanga is coming down in September. We just had three teeth here. So, you know, basically help either organize those shows or help either perform or promote. So we have space. We have rehearsal studios. I'm, I'm also involved in a project here in Austin. I'm one of the co-founders of a thing called the Mosaic Sound Collective and if you check out mosaicsoundcollective.com, you can see what it is. But essentially, it's a 25,000-square-foot old juvenile detention center that we are repurposing with a live music venue, recording studios. Uh, we have uh, band rehearsal studios, a music tech incubator, shared office space, all kinds of good stuff going on here. So uh, I'm a resource in Austin for any of my Cold Waves family if they want to put on shows or just come down and hang out for a few days. So I'm all about helping everybody elevate and be more successful uh, however they can be and however I can help. So I'm just glad to be a part of it, and I, I can't wait to get to Chicago for Cold Waves and, and blow everybody's minds on Friday night with uh, – the live version of what we've been talking about in this interview. Cold, 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 cold,
On this episode, you heard Sick Culture, Warzone Mix, and Spider Sex and Car Wrecks by Evil Mothers, along with Blow Minder by Chris Mackey, recorded earlier this year live in Austin. Our opening music is Monster Zero by Accumination. Our closing music is Messiah by Splinter Group. Subscribe to the show through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app with the links found in the show notes. Join us next week as we chat with Jason Snell from Bombardier. 
Our closing segment each week is dedicated to the inspiration for Cold Days, fallen Chicago musician and sound man Jamie Duffy. Here's Curse again sharing his memories of Jamie. Jamie and I, we, we would uh, could, could traditionally be the last two, other than Christoph from Bile. He was, he was a strong contender, but multiple nights like Jamie and I would be like the last two up. And uh, there was one great trip from Seattle to Salt Lake. It was Jamie, myself, uh, and Justin Bennett. We just got pleasantly buzzed and just stayed up all night. And it was just like almost fall meets winter and very surreal just due to the how, how little sleep we had been having and how much fun we were having. That particular trip, I'll, I just always remember from that long drive where we were just like, let's just stay up the whole trip. We don't want to miss this. We want to see the mountains. We want to see the snow. We want to take in all of this because it may never happen again. And, and it did never happen again. 